Welcome back to the Sarah Carter Show. I am really grateful to be with you on a lovely, beautiful day here in Washington, D.C. from the swampy swamp with all the swamp creatures crawling around. And believe me, they are here. And they are here in full force as we've seen over the last, I guess, the last three years. It hasn't slowed down. It's only gotten worse. Different monsters are popping out of our swamp and they are looking pretty vicious. And they're out to get the president of the United States. That is their intention. That is what they are doing. First, I want to bring up something that is so stunning. Something that I've actually discussed with people here in Washington, D.C. over the last year, you know, more privately. How are you feeling about the divisions in the United States? It's very depressing. It's hard for me to believe that as a nation, even though we have our disagreements, we are one. We are one people. You know, we're not here to fight one another to the point where there's no return We're here politically, and I'm talking about politics, you know, to find some kind of common ground, some middle ground. We all don't agree on the same things. We see different paths sometimes to the same answers or the same solutions uh, that we're looking for. But there was a poll taken, uh, and it is an incredible poll that says basically seven in 10 Americans say the United States is on the edge of civil war. Think about that. Seven in 10 Americans is on the edge of civil war. This partisan political division and all of this incivility is pushing America to the brink. Why are we thinking this way? How do we look at one another? How did it all come to this? That even members of the same family Sitting around the dinner table, it isn't just a discussion and maybe an argument. It's it's all out hatred. And I I mean, I don't know. Maybe we need to take a step back and really look at what's happening to us. Who is playing us? Why are we going after one another? You know, I remember my mother, and I brought her up before, my beautiful mom, she passed away. A while ago, but she came from Cuba. She came to the United States in the late 1960s on the Johnson Freedom Flights. She saw herself as an American. She loved this country. She was a citizen of the United States, never saw herself as a Cuban. Once she came here, she became an American, and she was always very adamant about that. But she used to tell me stories about Cuba after, of course, the rise of Fidel Castro and Che Guevara and after the communists and socialists took over the island, and she would tell me these stories of how families turned against family members, of how the way the socialist system was set up so that students, even within the classroom, were being indoctrinated and outside of the classroom, even in uh, like sporting events that they were at or art classes, the indoctrination was so intense by the government And it spread not just because of the government, but because of those people within the bureaucracy, within the school systems uh, that were adamant believers in socialism. And it got to the point where children were turning in their parents, where brothers were turning in their sisters, 
where sisters were turning in their brothers, where families were divided, where the state became the parent. Think about that. Where your state government becomes your parent, where you no longer care about your family. You care more about the idea. That is not what America was born on. It was based on freedom, the freedom to choose, the freedom of free will, liberty, independence, all of those things that make our nation so beautiful, so perfect. We are the beacon of light. Trust me. Trust me, people all over the world. People want to come to this nation. doesn't matter where they're from. I've seen it everywhere. They struggle. They fight. They lie. They, they try to get in here. They do things the right way. But everybody wants a part of this, this country, this great nation. And why? Because we stand for something. We stand for justice. We stand on principle. We're not guided. We don't need the government to be our babysitter. We don't need the government to tell us how to live our lives. And we really, really need to think about that. We really need to think about what we're doing. Now, this civility poll is what it's called, um, was actually conducted by uh, Democratic pollster Celinda Lake of Lake Research Partners and Ed Goass of the uh, Terrace Group. It found that 87% of the people are frustrated with rudeness in politics today. It also revealed that the public really isn't interested in traditional compromise anymore. For example, nearly 84% said they, they are actually tired of their leaders compromising their values and ideals. They're frustrated. People are frustrated. No wonder. Just look at what's happening on Capitol Hill. Look at what we have been going through. Look at the propaganda. I'm going to play you something. I want you to listen to, share, uh, to the chairman. Chairman Adam Schiff, as President Trump and others like Sean Hannity like to call him, Shifty Schiff. Let's play that clip right now. We've been very good to your country, very good. No other country has done as much as we have. But you know what? I don't see much reciprocity here. I hear what you want. I have a favor I want from you, though. And I'm going to say this only seven times, so you better listen good. I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent. Understand lots of it. I want you to make up dirt. On this and on that. I'm going to put you in touch with people, and not just any people. I'm, I'm going to put you in, you in touch, touch with the Attorney General of the United States, my Attorney General, Bill Barr. He's got the whole weight of the American law enforcement behind him. Yeah, the whole weight. And I'm going to put you in touch with Rudy. Then You're going to love him, trust me. You know what I'm asking, and so I'm only going to say this a few more times, in a few more ways. <laughs> and by the way, don't call me again. I'll call you when you've done what I asked. Sorry, I didn't mean to interject my own narrative in there. But by the way, Schiff made that whole thing up. It's so insane. It's so insane. He made it up. He made it up during a hearing. I mean, remember that? Lawmakers are looking at him, Republicans, some Democrats. Like, what the heck is he reading? What is that the transcript? Let me Let me look at the transcript. Let me look. You got the whole weight. They got the whole weight. The San Francisco PD, everybody, the FBI. They got La Costa Nostra. They're all going to be going after you. They're going to be working for Trump. What? 
What kind of insanity is this? But, but folks, let me tell you something. This is propaganda, and this is how it works. You throw the lie out, and when the truth comes out, the lie's already taken a life of its own. It's spread across the country like wildfire. And getting the truth out behind that is extraordinarily difficult because the lie is already on the move. By the way, the lie is being aided by major media, right? Media that we trusted. You know, I remember the days when, you know, you'd go through the channels, you'd watch CNN, you'd watch Fox News, CNBC, MSNBC, you know, the major outlets, and you'd pretty much get ah, a little shift here and there in how people felt politically, but you'd basically get your news. You would get it. Now it's just completely divided, and we have to be really, really careful here. And this is the reason why we've got politicians as well lying to you, to the American people, not telling the truth. How many times have I written stories? Others out there have written stories with the facts, with documents, showing this is exactly what happened during the Russia investigation. This is what was uncovered. This is what happened. These are the people that were fired. These are the people that are being investigated. But for some reason or another, the lie had already taken place. How many times did you hear over the last three years that the president, President Donald Trump, was the Manchurian candidate? How many times did Schiff tell you that? He told you that over and over again. But there was absolutely no evidence. Absolutely zero evidence that President Trump colluded or conspired with anyone in the Russian government or, for that matter, anyone in his campaign or, for that matter, any American. All you have to do is look at the report. Look at the special counsel report. They had absolutely no evidence of that whatsoever. How many hearings were held? How many? Four. There was absolutely no evidence whatsoever. Yet, the lie floated out there. It just stuck out there because the swamp and all those people, and you know who I'm talking about, John Brennan, James Comey, Clapper, Hillary Clinton, all of their supporters, all the Dems on the Hill, and by the way, some rhinos, some Republicans, pushed out that lie. And they continue to push out that lie. And because they couldn't get them on that lie, they're finding another lie and then another lie. And they're hoping that you believe one of these lies. And then they're going to try to take little pieces of the truth. And you know what they do with those little pieces of the truth? They expand on them. They mush them around. They twist them up. It's called propaganda, people. It is nothing more than a lie. Ask for the evidence. Ask for the facts. Don't go by your own feelings on this. You don't have to like Trump. You can love him. You can hate him. But the one thing you can't do is step all over the Constitution to get what you want. You will fundamentally change this country forever. You will fundamentally change everything about this nation that makes it good and whole and gives us a justice system that is amazing and filled with liberty. Once you do that, it's over. And today I have somebody on the show I'm so thrilled because not only is he a colleague I, I truly respect and someone that I admire and an organization, by the way, that we cannot do without. I mean, if there's anything out there that you should support, it's Judicial Watch. And I have Tom Fitton with me here today. And 
I am so thrilled. He's the president of Judicial Watch. He's also a very well-known author. Um, I'm sure you see him on Twitter and all over social media. He's certainly on Fox all the time. But more importantly, his organization, his nonprofit organization that is supported by people from all over the country, big donors, small donors, is the one organization that is able to take these people in government, this bureaucracy, to court day in and day out and fight for Freedom of Information Act. They use that and they battle the government to get documents so that we know the truth, whatever that truth may be. These aren't skewed documents. These are internal emails, text messages, uh, government notes, research that they are able to obtain because they actually they have to fight the government even though there is a law that requires the government to release these documents which requires people like Hillary Clinton to not use private servers to try to hide emails even those laws exist if we didn't have groups like Judicial Watch and people like that fighting for these documents we would never know the truth so I'm really grateful to have uh, Tom Fitton on today. Very excited. Hey, Tom, are you there? I am. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Oh, thank you so much for being with me today. You know, Tom, I, I, I tell people over and over again, please, if there's any organization that you support, make it Judicial Watch. And the main reason is, without you, I think the American public would be left in the dark. We would have no idea what was happening in our country and particularly now where I believe our nation is at a crux. I I was talking earlier about a recent poll that says uh, it's through Georgetown that said basically 67 percent of Americans actually believe we're on the verge of a civil war. This is an incredible poll that just came out and I think it's because the country is so divided um, and we're not getting the facts right and one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is, with all the information that Judicial Watch has obtained, everything you've done to expose the corruption, everything you've done to expose what actually really happened with the Russia investigation into President Trump, and everything now that we're looking into with regard to Ukraine and everything else, why do you think the left message, the Democratic message that's getting across, why do you think the truth is not reaching the American public. Well, the truth isn't reaching some of the American public. There are people who reject the truth. Uh, the left is the enemy of history, the enemy of facts, the enemy of the truth. And so you have uh, much of the mainstream media in the thrall of the left. Uh, they turn themselves into advocacy organizations, uh, not only on behalf of their agenda ideologically, but targeting politically President Trump. But on the other hand, you have this alternative media, Sarah, uh, you're helping lead it. Obviously, Judicial Watch is creating uh, various uh, ways of getting access to information on the internet and directly from us and through friendly media organizations like Fox News or American News Now or uh, the Daily Caller, places like that. Uh, so uh, the problem is the country's kind of torn in half politically on these issues. and uh, But millions of Americans know the truth. That's why uh, impeachment isn't getting the sort of political traction the left hoped it would get. 
and it's only uh, by breaking the rules are able are they able to move it forward. Because if there was true political support for it, it'd be proceeding along uh, regular lines as opposed to the secrecy and speed and uh, violations of the rule of law that are its hallmarks, which puts it more in the league of a coup as opposed to a constitutional impeachment process. Absolutely. And that was going to be my follow-up question to you. A lot of the evidence that Judicial Watch has been able to uncover, I know I've uncovered some, especially early on in the Russia investigation, but you really have uncovered, Tom, a trove of documents that really expose what's going on here. And it has been called a coup not uh, by you, by others uh, in the Senate, in the House. I know I've made that statement. Can you explain just so that our listeners understand what we mean by that, what you mean by that, the reason why this is considered a soft coup on President Trump? What we have here are government officials who disagree with the president politically or just don't like him personally, who are breaking the rules to take him out of office. Uh, not for the not for uh, the what is the constitutional basis of impeachment, which would be a high crime and misdemeanor, like bribery or treason. Uh, but hey, they don't like him potentially withholding aid because he's concerned about corruption in Ukraine. I mean, to to describe it shows you the absurdity of the effort targeting him. So when uh, and in order to uh, generate noise about that, uh, the left was illegally leaking information that looks like uh, through and in Congress. And uh, you have Adam Schiff lying about how he got the information about the infamous Ukraine call or what the left considers to be the infamous Ukraine call, but looked to me uh, to be quite uh, mundane. Uh, so when you've got right. these rule breakings going on, and then, of course, they have this attendant secrecy where the president's lawyers aren't able to participate where the rights of the presidency are being violated and, uh, and, and the contempt generally for the rule of law, you know, that, that to me is the hallmarks of a coup, speed, secrecy, and contempt for the rule of law. Uh, if this was the regular impeachment process where you had hearings and full participation and, uh, by the presidency and the civil rights of everyone involved being protected, uh, then you might say, well, you know, they're making their case. We may object to it, but at least they're using the regular process. And I don't see any indication they want to use the regular process. Although now it looks like, Sarah, they may be backing away because of the Republican House pushback uh, politically on this. And they're now talking about holding public hearings. Well, and I think this is the first time, Tom, that we're actually seeing Republicans, maybe not the first time, but but showing a, a show of strength, you know, and saying, wait a minute. This should not be happening. We know we have some out there. We call them rhinos <laughs> and other, you know, Republicans that come back to haunt, uh, I guess, the party from the past, like Mitt Romney, um, who are never Trumpers. But overall, it appears that uh, the Republican base is right behind President Trump. One of the things that you did bring up that I think is really uh, important, you brought up Ukraine. Now, one of the uh some of the documents that you're actually seeking actually involve me, John Solomon, uh, a number of other uh, hosts that I think our listeners will know, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Lou Dobbs, right. uh, Jack Prosbiak, who's uh, on social media, that apparently the U.S. ambassador, the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, was actually using State Department 
State Department uh, resources to basically monitor our social media and our stories. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you're hoping to find and, and the implications of that? Well, our sourcing indicates that the ambassador and the Ukraine embassy staff, the United States staff at the Ukraine embassy, uh, were uh, directed to target your social media accounts and the others you listed, the president's lawyer, his son, all these Fox News contributors and, and hosts and analysts. That's right. And Rudy Giuliani. I just want to mention uh, that Rudy they, Giuliani and Don Donald Trump Jr. are also on that list. That's right. And uh and what were the search terms they were supposed to be monitoring their social media accounts for? Biden, Soros, Giuliani, and the ambassador's name, Yovanovitch. So uh, why the angst? Why the concern about what you all were saying about these issues? Was there something they were nervous about? And were, And they were so nervous, evidently, according to our source, that they were directing this monitoring which was a violation of the law. And the only reason it was stopped was because they asked for some additional resources from uh, the State Department headquarters in Washington, D.C., and a sensible person there saw that what they were asking for was illegal and told them to stop. Uh, we don't know if it actually was stopped, uh, but we've investiga- we're investigating it under the Freedom of Information Act, and hopefully someone in Congress will start asking questions as well. Yes, I certainly hope so. I got to tell you, it it definitely puts uh, me on edge. I know I've talked to other people on the list, uh, Sebastian Gorka as well, uh, who was oh, on yeah. that list. We're, we're saying we're being monitored by our government officials illegally. And this is something that we were concerned about even in the past. I, I know it came up multiple times when I was working on the Russia investigation early on, where I had been told by law enforcement officials and some former, some current, that there was a good possibility that the FBI uh, or people connected to senior then, senior level officials at the FBI were monitoring us even then. So this is not the America that I always believed in. This is something so different, something so altered. And without these documents that you're looking for uh, right now that you're fighting to get, I mean, we may never know the extent of it. Yeah, this is just one element of it. This is public. This is monitoring of your public social media content. But the government's not allowed to do that. They're not allowed to create files willy nilly on Americans and what they're saying about issues of public controversy. That's not allowed under the law. And uh, the fact that it was being done over using taxpayer resources overseas by an embassy staff whose job is to do what? Uh, represent our interest in Ukraine, that right. they're monitoring what Americans are doing. Uh, it just shows you how out of kilter this deep state is and highlights the motivations, perhaps, for the testimony of what we don't know fully what she said, but presumably she was complaining about President Trump of Ms. Yovanovitch that uh, she uh, she's got issues of her own. That's right. That's right. One of the search terms, and I just want to go into that quickly, and then I want to play you a quick clip. Uh, one of the search terms is Soros. And this to me is so fascinating that they would associate Soros, George Soros, the philanthropist, uh, controversial philanthropist, who with the Open Society Foundation that is involved in all over the globe, uh, practically in multiple issues and is quite controversial and very well connected. We know 
on the backside and through a lot of investigations with members of the State Department. Why do you think, have you heard anything from sources as to why Soros was one of those search terms? Well, you know, based on our information and what's out there publicly, Soros's uh, front organizations, including uh, a Ukrainian organization supposedly that was anti-corruption in orientation, was uh, involved in uh, targeting Manafort. Uh, and also, uh, remember when the uh, when that Ukraine prosecutor was fired, if I recall, I'm going on memory here, so you'll have to back, it, back me up here, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that one of the issues uh, that folks were concerned about were shutting down the Biden investigation, but also protecting Soros. Right. So, uh, you know, we here in the United States, Soros is just a left wing billionaire who is spending his money influencing political campaigns. Well, if you're overseas and you're in a, a in a small country, his spending money to advance his agenda uh, causes major controversy because the agenda is far left. Uh, the agenda it usually targets uh, conservative politicians who uh, support uh, traditional U.S. foreign policy as opposed to the, you know, the left-wing agenda of the Obama era. And uh, so they, they see this as a uh, person who is improperly intervening in their uh, private affairs, uh, a foreign national doing it. Imagine if an American, you know, let's say we're in here in America and there's a, a foreign billionaire spending tons of money in a way to influence our elections. People would be very upset. That's what's happening in Europe. And oftentimes Soros was doing this, or his groups were, or the groups he was funding, were doing this in, a, in an alliance with our U.S. embassies in these various countries. So that in the Obama administration, and I suspect it even continued into the, into the Trump administration, uh, because as you can see with the mm -hmm. Foreign Service um, officers um, uh, basically falling over themselves to try to remove Trump from office by cooperating with the Democratic Kukabal, uh, you can see why they, the same crew would be working with these Soros operations abroad. I mean, this is just really incredible. And it's it's ex uh, the the ramifications of what this could mean, I mean, are really are really huge. And I think like when we think about even people like George Soros, you know, that the State Department would be doing what it could, especially allies of Soros within State Department to monitor in a sense for him as well, uh, journalists and uh, political activists and others who support President Trump. I mean, it's really kind of incredible. And, and you're right. Hungary was another country that uh, eventually spoke out against George Soros in a very vehement way. We saw that Israel actually in 2017 ended up backing Hungary and saying, you know, George Soros is a problem for Israel. Um, and I know it's been very difficult for people to report on George Soros or talk about George Soros because uh, his power is vast. And anytime someone speaks out against him or tries to report on him, uh, there's a backlash that comes with that. And that's been a very sensitive subject even here in the United States. I want you to hear really quickly this clip of President Trump right now. Uh, and I want you to comment on it. It was from Sean Hannity's show. But two and a half years, Sean, we went through this, and it started before the election. And President Obama, in September, was told about Russian influence, and he didn't want to do anything about it. He didn't want to do a thing about it, because he assumed Hillary was going to win. 
So he didn't do a thing about it. Nobody brings that up. Nobody brings up his statement to the president of Russia at the time. Nobody brings it up as the whispers across about, I'll see you after the election. It's a very double standard. It's a very sad thing. What is your reaction yeah. to that? Well, I, I agree. I agree that they're trying to freeze the presidency. And, and the question we have to ask is why? Why is it they don't want the president to be president in the sense of directing the Justice Department, firing corrupt officials like James Comey, talking to the leaders of foreign countries like the president of Ukraine? They don't want him to do that. And because I think they want to freeze him from investigating that. So when he starts making noise that what was Ukraine doing in terms of colluding with the Obama and Clinton gang to target me. Uh, why were they interfering in our elections? Uh, they get very nervous about that. Uh, remember, at the beginning of the administration, the possibility existed that Hillary Clinton could have been re-prosecuted or reinvestigated. How do you stop that? By freezing the Justice Department with this Mueller operation. A lot of this is as much about protecting themselves by creating this conflagration as it is about even anything the president did. It's, it's, it's a defense uh, effort. It's throwing flack up uh, to protect yourselves uh, from any uh, serious consequences for the illicit conduct of spying on Trump, what Hillary Clinton did, and what the Bidens have done. And now you've got this, uh, this, this Ukrainian uh, uh, sham investigation going on that to not only protect Biden, but to protect another potential presidential candidate, Hillary Clinton. That's because none of these issues have gone away legally. Mm -hmm. uh, the media would have you believe they have, uh, but they haven't. And certainly we haven't think they've gone away legally. And you know who else has understood it hasn't gone away legally? The people behind the Kukabal, uh, the Democratic leadership, the candidates, and uh, knowledgeable uh, people, people knowledgeable about the criminal implications of what went on during the Obama administration that have still got on investigated or seriously uh, prosecuted. Absolutely. Absolutely, Tom. And I think that's exactly why this is happening right now. And we know that William Barr, the attorney general, and the appointed prosecutor, John Durham, are looking into issues that go far beyond what we thought they were looking into. And now it's expanded into uh, foreign intelligence agencies. Uh, they're looking at what John Brennan's role was, the former head uh, director of the CIA, as well as James Clapper, uh, Comey as well. So do you think, in a sense, and I'm going to wrap this up. I know you're a busy man. I know you got to get going. But let's look at those two things here. Where is Judicial Watch going as far as the direction of that investigation? What do you think is going to happen? Because I know this is on everyone's mind. You know, the IG is ready to release that report. We thought it was going to come out last week on uh, the FBI's handling of the Russia investigation. That should be coming out anytime now. And where do you think the investigation at the Justice Department is going as far as you're concerned? And is Judicial Watch continuing to look for more and more documents with respect to that? Well, if we trusted the Justice Department, we'd shut down. So Judicial Watch ain't shutting down. And, <laughs> I, you know, the problem for Secretary or Attorney General Barr is that he's surrounded by thousands of James Comey's at the Justice Department. Uh, there was a prior IG report on uh, kind of in-your-face criminal conduct by James Comey that uh, the Justice Department refused to prosecute. And I don't see any prosecutions out of this even Pfizer report. 
And uh, as best I can tell, Durham is doing an administrative review as to what went on. I don't see any indications of a serious criminal inquiry. Uh, certainly if there were, uh, they'd be screaming from the rafters about it. They don't even want to be questioned administratively about what they did. Uh, so you see the objections there. But if there was a grand jury going on where witnesses were coming in, uh, that we'd see indications of it. And, and disturbingly, I don't see any indications of that. I believe there's probably a grand jury out there to allow them to get documents more easily. But at the end of the day, I don't see any prosecutions emerging. But, you know, maybe maybe something will happen. I don't know. Maybe a document that we uncover through our 50-plus lawsuits to figure out what's been going on uh, will force their hand. Uh, certainly nothing will happen for sure if we don't know the full details of the criminal activities and corruption behind the Spygate and Russiagate affairs. And that's why we're, we're uh, doing the work that we're doing to try to uncover the full details. I mean, we had this material come out showing the collaboration between Rosenstein and Robert Mueller, the secret, the secret communications, uh, the efforts to wear a wire on President Trump in violation of the law and try to throw him out of office by the leadership of the DOJ and the FBI, the deep state leadership there. I mean, this information is coming out thanks to Judicial Watch, not anything we're getting from the Justice Department voluntarily, and certainly Congress is, um, you know, part of the problem as part of part of, as opposed to being part of the solution. Well, I certainly think that the American public, particularly those, and I know there's a lot of people out there following this very closely, will be sorely disappointed if the Justice Department, and maybe beyond that, if the Justice Department does not issue its own justice based on the rule breakers, based on these lawbreakers, based on the evidence that's out there. I mean, is this a two-tiered justice system? Is that what we're looking at? And I think that frustration, I know, Tom, even going through your Twitter account and, uh, you know, seeing what people are saying, you know, are, what country are we if we don't stand up for justice? What are we if our Department of Justice allows senior level officials to break the law and just walk away from it while regular Americans would face jail for what they've done, you know, would face decades in jail for what some of them have done. Uh, that is enormously frustrating. I don't know, but do you think we've come to a point in this country where we actually really do have a two-tier justice system? I, I don't think when it comes to prosecutions of powerful political figures, uh, it's it's almost beyond repair. Uh, I don't know uh, what to do with it, other than how to handle it, other than radical reform of the Justice Department and the FBI. Uh, but any any investigation that has a political ramification, you really can't trust the Justice Department one way or another. It's, that's the truth. Uh, it, it's not even two tiered. It's like you can't trust anything they're doing. Wow. Well, that's I mean, that's a really important message to get across. I mean, I think it's time, you know, that the American people speak out a little bit and say, you know, we're not going to accept this. We want justice. And listen to all of those people out there listening. And Tom, I want to thank you for joining us. I know that you have a busy schedule ahead of you. I, I appreciate the time you took uh, with us to tell us what you're working on, what you're doing. I don't know if there's uh, any, uh, if you would like, uh, please give out your Twitter handle, tell people where they oh, can sure. go. Yeah. It, you know, we're on the internet at, you know, Facebook and Twitter, judicial watch at judicial watch and Twitter. Uh, and of course, you know, they can follow, uh, folks can follow me directly at, at Tom Fitton, but, uh, judicial watch is second to none to getting the word out. Certainly uh, in social media, 
and uh, in, in, in the media that's respectful of uh, <laughs> right. our efforts to uh, drain the swamp. Uh, so everything you need to learn about and see, you'll find on our website and, and you know, and in various media platforms. Oh, that's so great. And it's absolutely true. Without Judicial Watch, folks, we would be left in the dark. We really would. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate you being with me today. You're welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me. <sighs> wow. I need to just take that all in right now because Tom is, Tom Fitton is a great friend. And I have so much respect for him and for his opinion of matters, especially pertaining to this subject of this, what I believe is an absolute witch hunt or soft coup against President Donald Trump. I actually have a little bit more faith than Tom uh, that the Department of Justice will do its job, that Attorney General William Barr and John Durham are fighting for the truth and that they will hold people accountable. If they don't, then I don't know, folks. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what kind of system we're in anymore. I don't understand it. I really believe that Lady Liberty will stand tall, that our founders had a reason for setting up the government the way that they did, and that the right people, good people, will do the right thing and not allow criminals to get away with what is probably the biggest political crime in modern history, which is the soft coup, attempted soft coup, of President Donald Trump, a duly elected president of the United States of America. Think about that. We don't need anybody to tell us, to tell the American people who they should vote for, who they shouldn't vote for. That's your private decision at the ballot box. That's your choice. You shouldn't even feel ashamed of it. You should be proud. You should be proud of President Trump, that he's your president. You know why you should be proud? Because we don't kill each other during elections. Because we have a system that's so perfect that we go to the ballot box, we may have our disagreements, but we peacefully elect a new president to office, whether they're Republican, whether they're Democrat. You know, it doesn't matter who is there if the American people are the ones who select the president. They serve two terms if they're lucky. If they're not, they serve one term. Somebody new is elected, and it's a peaceful process. But what we've seen here, this use of propaganda, this secrecy by Chairman Adam Schiff, you know, with the Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. You know what? I just want to play a clip of uh, Matt Gates, Representative Matt Gates, and uh, the Republicans that basically walked into one of Adam Schiff's secret testimonies. Let's just listen to this. I'm gathered here with dozens of my congressional colleagues underground in the basement of the Capitol, because if behind those doors they intend to overturn the results of an American presidential election, we want to know what's going on. And it's only reasonable that we would have questions because so far, Adam Schiff's impeachment inquiry has been marked by secret interviews, selective leaks, weird theatrical performances of transcripts that never happened. He's right. He's right. It's, it's insanity. We know the truth. Look, don't let anyone 
fool you. Don't let anyone play games with you. The truth is right here before your eyes. All of this politicking, all of these games that are being played, these secret so-called whistleblower leaks, this uh, transcripts that aren't really the transcripts that Adam Schiff read before the hearing that are completely made up, he completely made up a narrative, should be held totally accountable for that. Spreading of lies, spreading of lies. We can see the transcripts for ourselves. There was no quid pro quo. And by the way, asking president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, to look into corruption is exactly what the president should be doing. And by the way, ask yourself this question. While Vice President Joe Biden was charged with Ukraine, his son Hunter Biden gets to be on the board of, by the way, then a seemingly corrupt, allegedly corrupt Ukrainian energy company called Burisma. He sits on the board and his company retrieves somewhere around $166,000 a month is what we're hearing from Burisma. 50,000 of which is possibly going to Hunter Biden himself. He didn't want to admit it during the interview. He didn't talk about how much money he was getting there. He did admit, though, that the optics were bad. Yeah, the optics are bad. The optics are really bad. Really bad. When your father is the vice president of the United States, charged with overseeing the country, that you happen to be a board member of one of their biggest energy conglomerates, Burisma Holdings, and you're getting money. There's something wrong there. May not be illegal, but boy, is it bad. It just looks bad all the way around. And now we've got Adam Schiff and the Democrats moving towards impeachment. Look, the House wants to impeach President Trump. They want to do it. They want to just take your election and throw it down a toilet. They wish they could just remove him from office completely. It will not happen. It will not happen. And I'm talking about removing him from office. Sure, they could vote for impeachment. But more than likely, and I believe with 100% certainty, he will get reelected again in 2020. But I want to go back to what Tom Fitton said, president of Judicial Watch. And his concern is that there will be no justice during the Russia investigation, particularly the malfeasance that was happening with the FBI and those former leaders of the FBI that were in charge, who have now been fired, by the way, or left. And some of them are seriously under the scope of the Department of Justice right now. I mean, we know Andrew McCabe, the former deputy director of the FBI, could easily could easily be indicted right now. Comey should have been, but we still don't know what that final report is going to say from Inspector General Michael Horowitz over at the DOJ. What I can tell you now, people, is this. We are a great nation. We need to stop fighting each other. We need to look at the facts. We need to just put aside all this propaganda, and we need to focus on our nation and ourselves our school systems, our health care, uh, you know, taxes, our environmental issues, our infrastructure, all of these issues, our foreign policy overseas. 
this is what we should be focusing on. Why is the Democrats' only platform, their only platform, is hating Donald Trump? There is nothing there. That's why the Democrats are going to do so badly this coming election. They have nothing to offer you other than they hate Trump. That's it. That's all they got. So let's take a moment, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, whether you're a member of the Green Party, whether you're an independent, and just take a deep breath. Let's not be the nation that believes, you know, 67% of us believe that we're going to end up in a civil war. That's ridiculous. We should not be there. We should tell our politicians to do their job. Do your job. Represent our states. Represent your constituents. Stop fighting up on Capitol Hill like a bunch of kids. Let the president do his job. He is doing a great job considering. Considering that they're isolating him. Considering that it has spies inside the White House on him. Considering that they're continuously making up lies about him. Considering the fact that he can't even pick up a phone and make a phone call to another world leader without having to worry about somebody in the CIA listening in on his phone call and then leaking it to the press, and then becoming a so-called whistleblower just to try to set him up. Try to set him up on something that he didn't even do. Let's be Americans again. Let's remember a time when we actually worked together to make something happen. When we took care of each other. When we could sit around the dinner table. Think about it this Thanksgiving, when you're sitting around the dinner table. Just listen to one another. Don't fight with one another. We really need to start paying attention to what's happening to our country. Don't let this country slip away. It won't. I don't believe it will. I mean, I try to think of myself as a positive person. I believe that we have such an enormous potential here, but we cannot allow the propaganda and the lies to continue. We've got to face the facts based on truth, based on evidence, and I think that's what we do here every single time You come to the Sarah Carter Show. We try to get people here that can tell you the truth, that'll bring you the truth, and I will lay those facts out for you. Whether it's we're dealing with Russia uh, and the investigation by the FBI into President Donald Trump or the new Ukraine story or what Adam Schiff has been doing, and I want to listen to you. I want to hear your thoughts. So please, please subscribe to us on your podcast app. Uh, Leave a five-star rating and review for me. Let me know on Twitter, at Sarah Carter DC. Let me know on Twitter what you think. Let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know your stories. Let me hear what's important to you. And read my stories at SarahACarter.com. Read my stories there at SarahACarter.com. That's where we're taking the story back. Thanks so much for joining. Hope to talk to you soon.